Welcome to this episode of Stacks and Stories, the podcast of the Mississippi Library Commission. Shelf Absorbed, a YouTube series started during the pandemic, returns as a regular podcast feature with Tracy and Shelley. Join them as they discuss books about friendships and how even adults struggle to navigate these relationships on this episode of Stacks and Stories. Hey there, and welcome to this episode of Stacks and Stories. Um, I'm here with Shelly. Hello. So if you are a longtime listener uh, or MLC, you know, number one fan, you'll remember (laughs) that during the pandemic, um, we halted all podcasting as, well, we were at home for a while. And then uh, when we came back, we didn't want to get too close. So we, uh, Shelly and I did a little series a, on YouTube called Shelf Absorbed. Like our own little show. It was. Uh-huh. And we had like 10 fans yeah. and we got <laughs> a couple of emails that people liked it. So we often, we often chat yes. on, in this forum on yeah. Stacks and Stories. But um, so at least for 2023, we are bringing back Shelf Absorbed. We're just calling it, whenever we chat, we're calling it an episode yes. of Shelf Absorbed. And I like it. It's fun to say Shelf Absorbed. Yes. Um, but it's like a name for our special time to chat about that's books. That's right. That's right. And we will just think of a theme, or maybe we won't have a theme, or we can do whatever we want to. Who knows? The there's no, the there's no rules. That's right. The only rule is that we're calling it Shelf Absorbed, and we'll do this quarterly, and it'll be the two of us. And if anybody else wants to get together and call their talk something, that's up to them. But they can't call it Shelf Absorbed. That's right. That's right. We did um, tinker with uh, a series. (laughs) Um, Did we talk about this in the last episode? Or was it after? I think it was during the chat. I think it was not on on air. Got it. We were going to assign each other uh, books that we hated. uh, And we were going to call that, thanks, I hate it. Yeah. Um, It was a great concept. Yeah. Just we attempted it with one book. And And it's painful. It's it's no fun to read a book that you don't like. So, no. would have been great. It, it was a nice con. Someone, hey, you know what? If you're listening and you want to steal it, go ahead. It's no. yours. I hope it works. Unless yeah. you make a lot of money, and then I'll be jealous. Yeah. But anyway, so um, so this um, episode we're going to go with a theme, and our theme is um, because it's the new year, and we're thinking of. I don't know, hopefulness for the new year and thinking about resolutions. And it's not about resolutions. Um, but we thought we would go with the theme of friendship because that's nice and positive and optimistic. You know, yes, but some of my Are titles, yours downers? Uh, well, yeah. Okay. Well, that's okay. <laughs> but the gen- the general theme of friendship right. is a... It's a happy one. It is yeah. a happy one. Um, there's all kinds of, of friendships and all kinds of implications that come with that. Mm-hmm. So that's why we're going with this. So I was the one that came up with this theme. Yes, and Shelly revealed that she happens to be reading a book about a friendship. And that's so she's al- she was already ahead of the game it, when I, I learned had, what we were going to talk I about. I had an agenda. So, um, so I'll go ahead. Um, so I'm listening to this book on Hoopla. 
Um, the book, I, I don't like the title and I don't like the cover. Um, it's called The Sunshine Girls by Molly Fader. And speaking of, okay, not liking the cover. So I was on Goodreads and the author is on there and she loves the cover. Hmm. She thinks it's really, she thought it was modern and retro. I hate it. I don't think it matches the story. So Hmm. I'm conflicted. But again, I'm about um, halfway through the book. So may I don't know maybe I'll be wrong but I would think by now I kind of know the book so but I'm, I'm googling please, while you're talking please do and tell me your thoughts sunshine on the cover what? girls the sunshine girls okay and when you look at it tell me what you would think this book is about in general um two gal pals in the 60s who have adventures yeah well there is a little of that but it goes, it goes way deeper. So the book opens up at a funeral. Hmm. And um, it is the funeral of Betty Kay. And Betty Kay's um, daughters are there. And it is set in modern day. And who should show up at her funeral but the famous actress, Kitty Devereaux. What? I love that name. Kitty Devereaux was a famous actress in the 70s. But she's kind of like, you know, very well known. Mm -hmm. And everyone in this really small town in Iowa, they're like, oh, my God. Why is Kitty Devereaux at Betty Kay's funeral? Um, No one had any idea that Betty Kay knew Kitty Devereaux. Well. Let me ask you a quick question. Is Betty Kay, is it like Mary Lou or is is Kay her last name? Betty Kay is her first name. But it is written as one name. Okay, got it. So I just have to I visualize. Know. You know, I know. what I mean? And okay, and since I was listening to the book, and this is something that happens with audiobooks because you know you're not looking at the print. Mm-hmm. I assumed Betty Kay was her, you know, was a double first name. Right. But it's her first name, but Betty it's Kay. all Betty Kay. Got it. Betty Kay. All right, please proceed. Her friends call her Bets. Oh, I know. Okay. So, um, where was I? Okay. So now we're going to switch to a dual timeline and we're going to go back to 1969 Mm. where Betty Kay and Kitty are starting nursing school and they happen to be thrown together as roommates. This is a tale of an unlikely friendship. Betty Kay does not like Kitty. Kitty comes from Atlanta, Georgia, and Kitty is very flashy. You know, it sounds like Kitty Devereaux might be related to Blanche Devereaux. Blanche Devereaux. Devereaux. <laughs> maybe subconsciously, the maybe author the kind author of had imbued maybe it. maybe so. Um, okay, so so far, this story does sound like it matches with the cover of the book. But let me just say some things. Um, this book, okay, and again, I'm halfway through it. It deals with unwanted pregnancy. It deals with racism. It deals with the Vietnam War. Um, deep, deep family secrets. I feel like it's a lot more serious than the cover 
gives it. And if this action is starting in 1969, mm-hmm. then the, t- the the swimsuits on the cover seem a little earlier than yeah, that. They do. You know? So I, um, I'm, I'm really hung up about the cover. Hmm. Um, but anyway, I am loving this book, and I can't really go into too much about it, except to say that Kitty Devereaux has information about Betty Kay, mm. secrets that she knows that the daughters do not know. And she is there because her mother, Betty Kay, wanted Kitty to tell the daughters this information once she died. Oh, I love a I beyond know. the grave, uh, not I that it's know. like this at all, but you read Black Cake. I know we mm-hmm. talked about it, yeah. but there, there's a, a tape that oh, the yeah. children oh, listen yes, to. Oh, yes, that was so good. Uh, that the yeah. lawyer gives them. And yeah. that's, that's really And they have them. to keep going back to the tape, and they have to stop it because they can't take any right. more of it. Right, and they have it. to fight about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, what and, a great conceit. And uh, just like Black Cake, the, the um, siblings in this book, the two daughters, they are in conflict with each other. And it is my belief that Kitty Devereaux is going to bring them back together. You know what? It, that sounds very likely. Yeah. So that is my first book about an unlikely friendship um, and a beyond-the-grave arrival. <laughs> well, it's not really a beyond-the-grave arrival, but the arrival of Kitty Devereaux. Uh, right, and some new information. With some new information you about know, Sweet Betty Kay. I'm thinking about, like, let's see, it would be like if, um, I'm trying to think of a, a movie star that's like, around my mother's yeah, age, like, you know. Um, I don't know. Like, is Faye Dunaway still alive? Anyway, it would be like it, Faye Dunaway be being like, like, hey, I knew your mom. Your Here's mom all her passes secrets. away. Here's Faye Dunaway. Like, hey, Tracy, I knew your mother. Yeah. That'd be you'd weird. Be, you'd be like, what? And then I'd say, you know what? This is just like in the Sunshine Girls. Yeah. Oh, and the reason it's called the Sunshine Girls, I should say this, is because um, there is the lady that it's like she doesn't run the nursing school but she's like running the floor that they're staying on in their dorm and she calls the first year nursing students the sunshine girls because they bring such hope and optimism to Mm -hmm. the nursing you know field well that sounds like a great book to start the new year with yeah it actually really is a good book and it's like i said it's deeper than the cover or, the t- or cover, even the title. Sometimes the cover will just look like, but you know what? Two ladies on the cover means, a, you know, a big hit mm-hmm. a lot of the time. Although they are facing the the, the reader instead of yeah. two. Oh, the, they're not facing away. They're Thank facing goodness. away with their suitcase oh, at a train yes, station. Yes, walking the, away. Yes. At least it's not that. Right. And, you know, I'm surprised I even started listening to this book. I really don't know what grabbed me because I don't like the cover and I don't like the title. But well, I'm dang glad it you if persevered. I don't like this book. I love it. I'm so, so glad. Who's what, the author? You- um, it is Molly Fader, F-A-D-E-R. Got it. So Well, that sounds good. Yeah. And I may check it out. So that is the inspiration for our theme today. Well, I'm so glad Molly Fader could help us out. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Molly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so I was looking, trying to, uh, since you were, you know, ahead of the game and just, a, uh, just, just one book uh, ahead knew, of the game. knew what was going on. I was looking back and trying to, um, 
find some books that have a, a you know a strong friendship in them. And I, in our last episode, I talked about Miss Benson's Beetle, yeah. and there's a really strong and it's an unlikely friendship. It is. Um, and it, it, it's I a great actually book. wanted to add that to my list, but I was like, oh, we I just can't. talked. I know about we it. did just talk about um, it. Another book I read this year, uh, or I'm sorry, last year, um, is 2022. 2022, because of course it is 2023 yes. as, as y'all are listening to it. Yes. But it's possible we might be recording this in 2022 maybe um love and saffron have we talked about that you have talked about it i think i talked about it in book club you need to i don't remember this is not one of the books i'm talking about i am mentioning this um but it um it's i can't resist uh an epistolary novel a lot a novel written in letters i know you like you know what um i i can't resist i love it um and it's between um the, these ladies who one writes one is older and writes a column um about like living i don't know i can't remember life now. like uh, well life. it's about like food kind of and okay. about like a rural life because she okay. lives on this island okay and the other one um wants to be a writer and she's really into food and she admires this anyway they have this great friendship then one of them dies mm-hmm. and i cried at the end Okay. Um, it also is very small, and it oh, is well it's a small documented. Book, it's, you say? Yes, I either like I want my books to be eight hundred pages, or able to fit in my purse. No in between. You know what? I I just don't gravitate towards mm. the yeah. the regular size book because you're not a regular. Person. I guess not. <laughs> uh, I go. I am. Uh, I go to extremes. You do. <laughs> really tiny or really humongous. Those yeah. are yeah. Those are do. really my faves. Yeah. <laughs> But one book which is actually, because so those were, oh wait, one other that I'm just mentioning before I go into the one I want to talk about. You is, have way more titles than I have, just well, the, FYI. But I'm just like putting, okay. I'm not but talking still, about them you, in detail. You, well, still. Um, the River by Peter Heller. Uh, I have a copy of that at home and I've you never know what? read it. It is very, it's not a book I would generally read. Um, it's like an um adventure yeah isn't it uh, about canoeing or something a, yes and you'll okay. you'll uh, when you finish you're like i could do it i know everything there is to know about boats now but it is really a friendship story about these two guys who are on this trip together and blah 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 anyway uh but that's not what i want to talk about okay what i want to talk about is just kids by patty smith have you read oh, just kids no i know about it but i don't know much about it okay this uh, to me, this is like the pinnacle of a friendship book. It, okay. it is, um, first of all, I know nothing about Patti Smith, really. I'm not a, like a, oh my gosh, I love her music. I'm, I I barely knew who she was, only because people in my dorm had her had that poster for horses. Was she a solo artist? Yes. Okay. Um, people had that poster in their dorms. I don't And that, really I was like, that. oh, yeah, of course I, I knew who Patti Smith is. I'm I remember cool. a lot of cool kids like Patti Smith. <laughs> right, exactly. I, I did not know much about her. Hence, well, I was not cool. Patti Smith um, w- had this friendship, relationship, friendship, whatever, with the artist Robert Mapplethorpe. Okay. In um, the late 60s, uh, that's where they where they met. This book won the National Book Award. Um, I don't, 2017, something somewhere around there, Um, maybe earlier. But um, Patty 
first of all, it's just like a really beautifully written book, and it's kind it's really personal because it's a memoir. Um, and her style is just really interesting, and just the way her mind works is interesting. Um, but there's something about people who end up being successful talking about their struggling early years Mm -hmm. that's like candy to Mm -hmm. me I cannot get enough of what you were so poor you you didn't have a place to live and so you lived in okay so anyway Patty moves to New York and the day she's like left home um she gets to the station and Uh, to take the train to New York and she doesn't have enough money and she just can't go home and so she goes into the phone booth to think about what to do and someone has left their purse there with $32 in it. $32? Yes. So she is able to buy her ticket and go Uh, to New York. Does she have a place to live? No. no. She has one suitcase. Wow. She's got nothing. That's quite a leap of faith. It really is. Um, She had some friends that she was going to try to stay with, but of course they had moved or something. So she's just like living on a stoop, you know, like you do. Like like one does, yeah. Um, She, I I don't remember how she finds some place to, oh no, she doesn't have a place to live, but she gets a a job at uh, a store and she sleeps there. She she goes she to the worked, bathroom yeah. and then everyone leaves and, and then, then she, she's and, yeah right. I know that story I mean that's a popular storyline but it does that's something people do yeah Patty Smith if you did can it. pull it off so she was at her store and this boy came in and he bought a necklace. And she was like, oh, you can't give that to anyone but me. And she was like, why did I say that? That was so awkward. <laughs> Where did that what? verbal vomit yeah. come from? And it was this, this Persian necklace that she always looked at oh, and admired. Oh, she really wanted it. <clears throat> Excuse okay. me. Um, so he bought the necklace and he was like, oh, of course, I, I won't give it to anyone else. Ha, ha, ha. Uh-huh. So this man comes in the ne- sometime later and Basically, is like, hello, I would like to take you to dinner. And she's real hungry. Okay. So she just wants food. She is so hungry. Um, There's a part where she says, I was prepared to sleep on benches in subways and graveyards, but she was unprepared for the hunger, how Uh hungry she would be. Like, fine, I'll sleep on the ground. Yeah. But I got to have something to eat. But she didn't realize like what it would be like to actually feel hunger. Yes. And the extreme hunger that she felt. So anyway, this man's like, hey, I want to take you to dinner. And she was like, oh, my God, it's the stranger my mother has told me about. But she goes anyway because she's starving. Uh And she orders the cheapest thing on the menu, which is swordfish. But it was $5.95. And this is the kind of detail that I just can't get enough. I know you like this. Tell me how much things cost. Um, but the whole time she's eating, she's just feeling sick. She's like, what does this guy want from me? Uh-huh. And so they take a walk after she eats her swordfish and she, it was overcooked. Anyway, Ew. just these kind of details just thrill me. Um, and she, and they're sitting on a park bench and he's like, so you want to go to my apartment? And she's oh, just like no. about to wig oh, out. No. And here's that boy who, the necklace the boy. Necklace boy and so she runs over to him, and she was like, you've got to help me. Pretend to be my boyfriend. And so she drags him over to the park bench, and she's like, hey, this is my boyfriend. He's really mad. He's been looking for me. Um, and the, the, the swordfish man is like, what? And then she says, run, and they run off together. And that basically, from that moment, they were in this, like, 
soulmate level friendship relationship. I mean, they had like a romantic relationship and then he's, he went off and he, uh, he had been fighting his feelings and he's really gay, Uh but it didn't really stop their emotional bond. Um, but in, in all of these, the, the early, their early years together, they're so poor and they're so hungry and the, like everyone has lice and, they don't have a place to live, and they're crashing here and crashing there, and she has one blanket. And, two, like, she just had – they have so little, and they're just living for their art. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, if they had 50 cents, they would have to decide, well, do I need a new pencil? Do I need pencils yeah. for my art? Uh-huh. Or can we go get a grilled cheese sandwich and split it? Wow. Um, and oh. usually she would go steal the pencils, uh-huh. and then they would go buy a grilled cheese. Um I know this is this is just my particular quirk, but Patty Smith met it. Um, there's there was a I, I just took a few notes. Um, Robert loved chocolate milk, but it was more expensive, and we would deliberate deliberate whether to spend the extra dime. Mm. Every penny had to be accounted for. Um, but if you love uh, hearing about people who are suffering for art the you know the punk art scene um the hotel chelsea like Mm -hmm. all these famous people obviously are around um they're scrappy they're poor they're uh you know just feeling things deeply uh they find this apartment and it's a nightmare so there's um there's blood on the walls for some mm. reason. Uh, the oven is crammed with syringes, and the syringes. fridge is completely molded over. Uh-huh. And um, it was $60 a month rent. And um, Robert made it into this, like, palace. He did all the work. Not palace, but, but it's nice. a $60 a month apartment. Nicer than but what it was. But he cleaned and whatever, yeah. and they didn't have any furniture, of course, because... Um, they're they're like they got nothing squabbling over chocolate milk right yeah and they went out looking for you know like oh maybe someone has put some stuff out and that first night they found everything there was a mattress and she scrubbed it with baking soda see these are the details shelly i know i i the know. baking soda know. and how much does chocolate milk cost I know. and then the swordfish, the swordfish and the persian yeah. necklace you know um this book was written for you it was written for me but outside of those details um, just the story of their friendship. Um, you know, he's, he, they both became like super famous mm-hmm. in their respective, um, fields. And then he, um, he gets AIDS and he dies. And anyway, uh, that's not a spoiler. Uh, it kind of is, I guess, but mm-hmm. he's, I don't know. I he's mean, been dead for it's 30 been a years. While now. Uh, so, I don't think it's a spoiler yeah. whatsoever. But their their bond and their love for each other, it just, uh, it's it's just, a, I mean, while it's sad and there's lice, it's, it's also a really... I think a story like this, it enables us to root for the underdog, which yeah. we all want to. Absolutely. So in all those details, it makes the payoff that they do both become successful mm-hmm. so much sweeter. Because they yes. did struggle. Oh, they struggled. Very much. Although her, um, there's there's something, if this were a book where she was lamenting 
these times. Mm-hmm. I would not like it. Yeah. Like we were so poor and hungry, wah, wah, wah. But I would not like yes. that at all. But she's very matter of fact. I think we've talked about this before. Um, books where sad or bad things happen, I I can't stand it if they're told in an emotional way. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. When things yeah. are really bad, I do not, like they don't need an emotional um telling they you know just give me just what the happened badness yeah is yeah it just give me the facts um but she she looked at this whole thing as you know this is this is my life's adventure mm-hmm. and um it yeah uh, anyway it, it you come a- away from it wishing you had this this like kismet friendship mm-hmm. of this boy who bought a necklace and then he saves you from the swordfish man yeah. <laughs> and then, you know you have this like rich relationship the rest of your life um, so like there was a lot of struggling and negativity in a blood you know filled apartment and the syringes but, in the oven but it sounds like the ex- experience overall was kind of like that golden time in her life in mm-hmm. a way yeah it know? was I mean, that's what most of yeah. the book is, yeah. is the, um, the struggle. And they're, uh, anyway, it's, it's, it's a great book. I had forgotten how much I liked it. And then last night when I was um, flipping through it, I ended up reading, I don't know, most of it, just because I forgot how, how great it is. When did you first read this book? I guess ago? it was when it came out. Um, I don't know, 15, 16, whatever, some, some time. I'll look it up while you're talking well, next, okay, okay. and then I'll uh, okay, come back. Okay. <laughs> um, but there's an, she wrote another book um, called M-Train, and I, I don't remember liking it because I, you know what, I think she'd already, she had enough money to buy, you know, pencils and mm-hmm. a sandwich. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, well, that's not interesting. <laughs> right. You're so hot. Let's, let's go back to the pencils versus the sandwich. That is what I am interested I like in. That. That's, I mean, I don't want to have to make that decision, but I like reading about yes. that. Yes. For sure. There's a, um, a book by a British author named um, Barbara Comins, I think is how you say it, C-O-M-Y-N-S. Uh, the book is called Our Spoons Came from Woolworths. And mm. listen, oh, poor people, they're always eating eating weird stuff out of tins. They find mm-hmm. half price and there's dents in them. And uh, it, yes. It's because the dented tins are on discount. Absolutely. They, do, yep. they, they discount those. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. So I just that's delivered great. an elegy for, that's this, a, that's okay. for this book. It was good. I, I enjoyed it. That was, that was great. So now I'm going to be like, Okay, so (laughs) my next book, and I didn't realize this till I'm sitting here, also has a, is very similar in title with the previous book I spoke Hmm. about. It's called Lady Sunshine. Well, look at this. I know. Um, Lady Sunshine by Amy Mason Doan, D-O-A-N. Um... I want you to look up the cover of Lady Sunshine. Okay, I'm going to do a live Google search. Because it kind of does capture what this book is about. Um, It is a book that has dual timelines because that is what I like. Oh, yeah. This looks like it could also be the cover of um, what's the book about the band? 
Oh, uh, um, Daisy, Daisy, Daisy Jones, Jones in the Six. In the six. Yeah, if this could absolutely be the Lady cover. Sunshine is sort of, it's sort of in the same vein of Daisy Jones mm-hmm. in the Six, but very different. <laughs> sort of, but different. Yeah. But um, because there is a lot of music, and, but it's it's set in the, okay, so there's a dual timeline. Mm-hmm. It's set in the, it's set in 1979 and 1999. In both time periods, is set in the summer, so it's two summers, twenty years apart. Um, Jackie, who is going to be our main character, she is sent off to stay with her uncle Graham, who's a famous folk singer, um, and he has a compound called the Sand Castle, hmm. and. So she stays there with Uncle Graham and his wife, who I can't remember her name, but and her cousin Willa. And she doesn't really know her cousin Willa too much until this summer. But over the course of this summer, they become very close friends. They have a very strong bond. There's a lot of um, sitting around a bonfire, singing, maybe doing some drugs of sorts. Um, as you do. As you do in 1979 with musicians. And in a compound? Come in on. a compound. Um, but in the current timeline of, well, it's 1999, um, Jackie has been, um, she inherited the sandcastle. Mm. Okay, but you're trying, as a reader, you're trying to figure out why the same castle has gone to her and it didn't stay in oh it didn't go to yeah it didn't go to willa you're like why did it not go to her so in the the book doesn't come out and explain exactly what happens you just have to go back and forth and back and forth and slowly you figure out that some there's a mystery that some things happen to willa and there's a um there's a twist that happens in the 1999 mm. timeline. Um, Lady Sunshine is a nickname given to Jackie by her uncle because he likes to give everyone nicknames. Um, what I liked about this book was, well, I like the twist because I like twisty books. But I liked just the feeling I got of... Um, I don't know, the 70s mm-hmm. and that time period and the music they talked about and they talk about different artists. Um, but it was my first book I read by Amy Mason Doan and um, I have since read a couple more by her and I just really like her style. Um, so I would recommend this book if you're looking for something kind of feel good with a little darkness underneath hmm. but not not too not too good not yeah yeah maybe not full lice and sin, uh, no, syringes in no, the oven but th- there are some dark things that do occur what well, sounds good it yeah. sounds good um, I looked it up, and Just Kids came out in 2010. Okay, I've reached the um, stage of life where uh, when you were saying 1999, I was like, yeah, that was like two years ago. I know. Yeah. I think that too. <laughs> like I was like current day. Oh no, it's 1999. Yeah, it that was a is, minute ago. It was that, unfortunately yeah. that was a long time ago. So there you go. 
Um, a book when I so uh, you know I looked at my every book I've read in the past 10, 12 years or whatever on Goodreads, um, and I forgot about this book. This this is my downer. Um, just Kids is kind of a downer, you know. But it's not really a downer. It's just a reality. But this um, book is really fascinating. It's nonfiction. Actually, all of my my three main titles are nonfiction today. But it's called The Friend Who Got Away. And it's 20 essays written by women about friendship breakups. Oh. And that is a thing that um, happens in everyone's life. It happens throughout your life. It happens throughout your life. And it is not a thing that people generally talk about. You know, they don't. They don't. I know I, I know it's something I don't talk about. Yeah. When you have a breakup, uh, like a relationship, you know, you break up with your boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever, that is public. It is acknowledged. Mm-hmm. Um, you are encouraged to talk about it. You tell all your friends every detail, um, you know, as a form of it, – it's like socially acceptable to be broken up with or break mm-hmm. up with someone, mm-hmm. except if it's a friendship. Because it's, friendships are supposed to last forever. Yeah. But they don't. No, they and don't. And maybe they're not intended to. No. But um, it feels just as devastating mm-hmm. to lose a friendship. Um, and in this in this essay collection, um, I don't I, – I couldn't find a copy of it um, in time. Um, and I think I got it from the public library. But uh, there are two essays written – like, like, let's say I wrote one and it's called Shelly and mm-hmm. you wrote one and it's about me mm-hmm. and it's about their breakup. Both, mm-hmm. both halves oh. of that friendship breakup story. Um, but, you know, as I'm even talking about this, I'm like, I have my list of, um, I had one devastating friend breakup um, in high school and I've never gotten over it. Um and like maybe a year ago, a mutual friend of the girl that I friend broke up with um, reached out to me and the girl is all we talked about. Like he was like, hi, what's going on? I'm like, nothing. Have you, have you talked to Carrie? Oh, you know, it was like yeah. the, it mm-hmm. was just, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's, uh, it stays with you. Oh, it does. It does. I am going through a I'm going through a friend breakup oh, right now. Oh, my God. Yeah. Is this person, are they going to listen to this podcast? No, she will not. Okay. No, she will not. Um, it's someone, you know, who I was friends with from the eighth grade on. Oh. And um, sometimes when you, you know, we've maintained our friendship throughout the years. And I went to see her this past summer and things did not go well. And it was one of those things where I don't know if it was a, a breakup or what what happened. Mm-hmm. We just, we had both changed so much. And we haven't spoken since. Yeah, that's like, the thing about a, a friend breakup. So I'm like, I don't know wh- where it stands. And I, I can't stop thinking about it. And I don't know what to do. Because I you know what? There's no roadmap for there's it. There's no. If this know, were a romantic relationship, you would know what to do. Yeah. You break up and yeah. then you don't talk to them again. Yeah. But how, if friendships are supposed to last forever and this one is failing or has some yeah. problem, how do you navigate that? Like, what are you, how are you supposed to do it? And then I have like a, like a part of me is like, 
well, you've been friends since the eighth grade. Of course you have to stay friends. Right. But then there's a part of me that's like, nope. No, you don't. If this is not, the person is not the same type of person. You both have grown in different Mm -hmm. ways and changed. Maybe that friendship was not meant to be forever. Right. And that's a hard. That is so hard. That's a hard thing to accept. It is. And I'm not sure that I can accept that yet. Yeah. I have a couple of people that we, we didn't break up necessarily. It's just that I lost touch with. Yeah. And... Like, I can't find them on Facebook. And I, you know, I'm, I have, but I found them. Mm-hmm. And I will say that uh, when I have reached out, like, oh, I found this person's dad's email address, you know, and I was uh-huh. like, oh, please mm-hmm. forward it. It is the most disappointing. Um, it is It is never the tender reunion Mm -mm. that I think it might be because you have built it up yeah I built it up and like the last time this girl that I you know I finally found the last time we saw each other she was we were super besties in like fourth grade Mm -hmm. spent every moment together and then she moved away in sixth grade and she came back one time, came to my house, ate two oatmeal cookies, and that was the last time I saw her. And that's funny that you remember the oatmeal cookies. You know what? It's because I have a picture of her eating an oatmeal cookie oh, okay. uh, during the visit. But um, anyway, it's just you just never, you just never get over these no, no. friendships. It's I mean, and you're right. No one talks about it, and it's not. It's almost not accepted that it's okay to grieve about them. Yes. First of all, you're not. It's not supposed to happen. Friends yeah. again. Friends are forever, right? Yeah. No, they're and not. Sometimes they're not. Wrong with you if you like abandon the friendship. Yes. But, uh, it's tough. It is it tough. Is See, I told you I was bringing one. in the downers today. It's not a downer. It's realist. This is life. This is what. But this book of essays, you will undoubtedly find, you know, a story that is compatible with what whatever your friend breakup stories are i'm definitely going to look into it because i need some perspective yeah a little perspective for sure but maybe maybe one day it will be maybe there'll be a word for it like oh yeah they're going through a boonswoggle or whatever the that is (laughs) that is a word but maybe it'll be maybe that will mean like a friend breakup and it won't be this like what they're not friends anymore um you know, I you probably have people who are friends who are maybe uh, badly behaved, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then and you always put up with it, and then yeah. one day you're like, nope, yeah, and one that's day it. You just you just hit your limit of and what that, you're. And that can to be take. really confusing, yeah, um, for the other person. Well, because you put up with their behavior for right. so long, why now? Why Is it a are you suddenly like, oh no, that was the thing that went yeah. too far. Um, so yeah, I've I've absolutely been on both sides of the like what we're not friends and oh you know what I don't want to be friends with this person anymore. I think that happens at least for me when I have a friend that doesn't like maybe treat me so well or respect my time. Um, I think something in me changes. Like I grow and I realize that that person is not what I want in my new growth right as I don't know if I'm explaining that correctly yeah but and that's that's when I hit kind of that point of 
realization. Right. And you're right, that person is confused because you've been dealing with their behavior all along and mm-hmm. they haven't changed, but you've changed. Right. So. so my next book is one I have talked about in the past, but I'm going to talk about it again. Do it. I, I am also going to uh, bring um, up a... So it's called repeat. Clara and the Sun. <gasps> yes. By Kazio Ishiguro, who everyone knows wrote my favorite book ever. I know this. Never Let Me Go. And one day I'll read it. Maybe. Maybe. Um, we'll see. <laughs> Um, but just to do a little recap here, um, so what made me think this would be a good choice to talk about today is uh, Clara and the Sun. Clara is an AF, an artificial friend. Mm. And in this world that Mr. Ishiguro has built, and he's so amazing at building these worlds, um, they have like robots i'm just trying to think of another word for it but robots essentially are um, companions to humans and that is their role and um so clara it, it open it opens up that she's she's in a, like a like a store and she um the whole book is from her her point of view which i find so amazing and all she wants is to find her forever home. I mean, just like a rescue dog. I mean, it's so. Mm-hmm. And she, she's kind of an older model now, so she's getting kind of shoved to the oh, back. Clara. But Clara um, loves the warmth of the sun. So whenever she can get closer to the front of the store and feel the warmth of the sun on her, she goes into great detail about how that makes her feel. Um, so what I th- was thinking about is this is a unique type of friendship. Um, Josie is a little girl, and she comes in one day with her mother. And Josie is um, very sick. And Josie does not look at the newest, nazier models she goes right to Clara and they have kind of a bond. And so Clara becomes, I mean, yeah, Clara becomes her artificial friend, her AF. And it begs to question, can can a artificial intelligence be a friend? Is that possible? Mm -hmm. Um, And is it? Well, I think that's a personal, I mean, in, in the book, is it? Yes. Is it, yes. Yeah. They, they, they definitely do have a bond and are friends. Um, but there is a there is a scene in the book that bothers me greatly. But it also shows you that there there are feelings between um, Clara and Josie. Um, Josie has a birthday party, and some of her birthday party goers do not treat Clara very well and um, Josie is torn on how to intervene because she doesn't like how they're treating her Mm -hmm. so you can tell she sees her as more than just this you know this just this object like she sees her as a person 
um, there's more to the book. There's a plot twist and blah, blah, blah. But that's really not what I wanted to talk about. What I really wanted to focus on was that this book really is about friendship and it's friendship between a human and an artificial person. And it's very possible in this world. And it is one of, one of my favorite books. Um, in this book, I will say, when I go on Goodreads, is a very polarizing book. Mm-hmm. People love it, or they, or or they're writing. I don't really understand why other people like this. I think I read a different book. Hmm. Um, there's really not very many middle of the road um, viewpoints on it. I, as you know, um, loved it. Um, just listening to Clara's thought process and 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 going through the book only in her eyes mm-hmm. I think this it was just a genius a genius way to do this book um, because you, isn't that proving basically like if she can feel enough to write the book about then she yes it yes. is it is possible to yes. have a friendship with a yeah. robot um, person and it's been said that this book is a companion book to Never Let Me Go, that mm. they're possibly set in the same world. Got it. So I just want to give it another plug. You know, I was thinking about people who write reviews like that on Goodreads. Um, you mean the ones that say, I think I read a different book? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like what? I, I don't understand the point, I guess. And maybe I'm, I am literally missing the point of Goodreads. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't go to Goodreads to engage with others. That is not what, like, I, I think a lot of people do. Yeah, though. that's why I, I was like, I started do. to say that. And then I was like, you know what? Maybe that but is the you point know for what? some people. I don't either. I, it, I don't. It's for me. Yeah. It's, it's all for me to remember how I felt about a right. book. And I'm interested in how other people feel about the books they read, but I'm not interested in debating no. whether or not, um, <laughs> I think I told you this, someone I'm friends with, uh, com- I can't remember if she commented on Goodreads or sent me a message about it. I think it was on Goodreads. I think it was on Goodreads. Yeah. She commented on my review of a book your, I gave yeah, five stars reply. to and was yeah. like, five stars? I thought it was slow. And I was like, girl, what are you doing? I just pretended I never saw it. And if it's you're not listening d- to this, it's, it's about you. It's not a debate. I mean, you right. have your opinion, and that stands. Your opinion is valid. Also, the, you it, weren't. It, calm down. You're not asking for someone to come in and what? And, and you know, try to break down how you feel. It, I, I just I thought mean, it was such a. It made me way madder than I thought it would you know what? I thought about it for like five entire days before I finally I mean I'm bringing it up now but it's it not it would make me mad if a stranger did that to me mm-hmm. on Goodreads I don't think it's happened to me and if it did I didn't see it um but if someone I knew mm-hmm. came back and were like Shelly five stars what were you reading I it's mean, kind of you know they're taking away the joy of my book right um, it, it's a it was a weird thought it was a weird interaction instead of of like oh she thought it was five stars she's dumb move on you can think what you want but don't don't write it about me don't say what are you thinking five stars also I didn't write it I read it and enjoyed it yeah so you know 
and step off. Our experiences with books are our own right. experience. You know, um, yeah, I don't like that. I don't like that person. <laughs> the thing is, we've already talked about this. <laughs> we have. Well, but we haven't talked about it here, <laughs> right? Um, we haven't had an audience. No, for, so it for needs this. to be said, and maybe this will stop other people from doing. Yeah, it. don't do that because it's taking away joy from other people. I mean, and the thing is, I don't have a relationship with this person yeah, like that. I mean, why, we don't have. Why reply to you and say that? That means she had to I go mean, to my review. She had to find it yes. again just to tell me I was. I wrong. mean, I will say I have seen people on Goodreads read a crappy book. And say, this is great. I loved it. I have thought to myself, well, that was not a great book. Right. Did not, I did not feel the need to say I, anything. Yeah. I just moved on. Just moving because on. Because I'm yep. not going to take away from their joy mm -hmm. of whatever book that was. I mean, at, at the most, I might say, hey, Shelly, the person we know gave this book one well, star or two yeah, star or you're whatever. you say that to How them. Would you say it to them? No. Anyway, that's just rude. But we'll talk about them behind their back. Absolutely, it's the kinder way to do it, it and is. that's that's all I ask. Please talk about me behind my back. Don't let me know, just... unless I'm doing something harmful to others, and you need me to stop doing it. Don't yeah. tell me what other people are saying about me. Yeah. So people. anyway, people doing people. Things. They're just all peoply all the time. Peoply. Yeah. Well, my last book is I, I i think we talked about it in the episode um it was before we started listing um the books that we like in the description of the podcast because charlie who is uh our editor and recorder for this one mm -hmm. i believe he started doing that um but it was long ago we did a, i think it was on this episode the books that make us cry Oh yeah, I I I mean I I it know we did that. It was pre-pandemic, so but I can't you know, remember any that I talked about or you I, talked about. I don't. Oh no, I remember blueberries for Sal. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think eighty-four Charing Cross Road was on that episode. Was it? I don't know. No yeah, memory. go dig it up, no memory. listener. Mm -mm. Let me know if I'm wrong. Um, well, 84 Charing Cross Road is, again, a book of letters. It's an epistolary oh. book. Um, there, It's all true. Um, and it's this friendship between Helene Hampf, this writer, who writes a letter to this um, bookstore in London. Mm -hmm. Because she is a poor, oh, I love those pores. <laughs> You love having to choose between pencils and a grilled cheese. <laughs> right. Um, Helene is, you know, like a struggling writer, you know, um, but she has this um, deep love for um, classic British literature. Mm -hmm. So um, she sees this ad that says they have, you know, used books or whatever. And so she writes a letter and she's like, hey, this is what I'm looking for. And, um, you know, the shop writes back and sends her these books. And this friendship starts. And the, um, the, the man who is responding to all the letters, his name is Frank Dole. Um, mm -hmm. That's and a nice, solid name. It is. I like that. It is. Um, and so over the years, you know, she uh, will say, hey, I can't believe you did that to me. You're the worst person in the world. You sent me the reprint and not the original. She's teasing. Oh, okay. 
Um, so, so they have like a fun exchange. They, you, you know what? Yeah. He doesn't really respond in that way because he's writing, um, you know, as a representative oh, of the Marks official. and Company okay. bookshop. Yeah. Um, but this is it starts in 1949, mm-hmm. and um, um, England was still um, it, under rations, mm-hmm. like for yeah. for yeah. much longer after the war. Yeah, they were. So she will send like um, a package of like um, powdered eggs mm-hmm. and ham, and then all the other people in the bookshop will send her a thank you, and they're like, "Don't tell Frank." Um, he, you know, he's he considers you his. Um, oh my goodness! And then over the years, she plans a trip to England, and she's finally going to go to her bookshop and see all the the sights. And yeah. I mean, it's not just the bookshop, but like she's always wanted to go to mm-hmm. London. Yeah. Um, but then her apartment building um, is being sold, and she has to buy an apartment somewhere else. Something spend, has to get in the way. Always. Um, she also strikes up a friendship with Frank's wife, um, Nora, and so they write letters back and forth, and Aww. these are also in this collection. Um, two of the, sh- the girls in the shop, Cecily and Megan, they also, her their letters are in here. Um, and then the saddest letter ever comes, and she had written and said, you know, hey, Frankie, you know, give me this book or whatever. Oh, I think and I they it. respond, and he oh. has died. Oh, I knew it. I knew that's what was going to happen. It's the worst. He had uh, acute appendicitis and then um, got an infection and died seven days later. And then the, the – so that's the end of that section. And uh-huh. then the next section is – um, a letter from Frank's daughter Sheila, uh-huh. granting her permission to publish all their all the letters. Oh. I'm gonna cry. It's like it is. What's the name of this book? It's called Eighty Four Charing Cross Road. Oh, I'm gonna. I'm it's gonna look it's into in it. my office uh, if you want to get it. But it's also oh. a movie starring it, Anne Bancroft <gasps> and um, I can Anthony see, Hopkins. I can, oh my gosh, I can see both Listen, of them. Listen, it's I can see It is both such of a good them. movie. It is such a good movie, um, but because it's it's basically is it only available like on VHS at this point? I, you know what? I don't know. Um, that that's a good question. Just, I feel like I've seen it not long ago, but of course okay. I probably have it on VHS. Um, but yeah, it is it is oh, a I love really that. really sweet book, and it's a sweet movie. And I, I cannot tell you how many times I've read this. Mm. You know in I don't know. It's just easy to read because yeah. it's not very long mm-hmm. and letters and their personalities are really like Frank's not as much because, of course, he is this, you know, a proper English yes, person. Yeah. And she's like the scrappy New Yorker. <laughs> um, but when she starts to really like come out of her shell and start to yell at him about <laughs> about things, imagining him in his bookshop like, I with know. his eyes bugged out, yes. like, oh my, He's oh my so gosh, shocked. what have I, what have yes. I done to, uh, you know? That's oh, anyway. Goodness. It's it's very sweet. So, well, thank you for sharing. You're that. welcome. Making me be interested in that. So, this has been a great topic and a delightful conversation. It has been, and I know that our listeners cannot wait. For our next shelf absorbed. Yeah, what will the topic be? Will there even be one? Maybe it'll be a free for all. You know what? We'll have to find out in mm. uh, April, I believe, yeah. would be our next one. Yeah. 
um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. Um, all right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Stacks and Stories, the podcast of the Mississippi Library Commission. We hope you will tune in next time, and we encourage you to visit your local public library often.